Uh, great to be with you this morning. If, uh, if we haven't met, my name's Dean, part of the team here at True North. Great to have you if you're new around here. Uh, you're here on a great day. We are uh, diving into a new series this week we're going to be looking at on Sunday mornings. And this one's kind of near and dear to my heart. It's called Party Theology. And, uh, and I'm excited about this because one of the things you realize when you read the scriptures is that actually parties and feasts are very much high on God's radar. In fact, if you read through the, the Hebrew Testament, you can't help but go, you bump it into a feast. You feel like, how was there anything happening not during a feast? If you look at the life and sort of practice and teaching of Jesus, he's often at a feast, a banquet, a party, and he's often teaching about feasts and banquets and parties. And in fact, one of the biggest pictures we get of the culmination of all things is a feast and a banquet. Now, so this series is going to be about how do we actually understand what all this is talking about, pointing to, what it means for our lives here and now. And I want to let you know for this series, you are in good hands because uh, you might, if you're new here, you, you may not know me, but you may have even heard this. Perhaps it's why you're here today. Uh, 1996, when I graduated high school, I was, of course, voted uh, best dancer of Talmadge High School in 1996. I thank you. I know. I appreciate it. I get that a lot. And, uh, but... What it means is I am uniquely qualified to uh, hopefully take us through party theology because I enjoy a good celebration. Uh, so we are going to dive in today with one of Jesus' parables, sometimes called, it's one of the stories he tells you. He's actually at someone's house for a big uh, kind of meal on a Sabbath, which is kind of its own celebration in and of itself each week. At this party, he begins to kind of talk about what you should do and, and who you should invite, and he ends up sharing this parable to try and teach about the great banquet. It's often called the parable of the great banquet. It's going to point us towards something and show us what it looks like to be a part of this particular uh, feast and banquet God has for us. So we'll pick it up. Luke chapter 14 says this. Says, uh, so they're at the table, they're eating, and one of those at the table heard Jesus talking about kind of who's going and who to invite to par banquets and parties and uh, normal parties. This guy goes, hey, Jesus, you know, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And I love it because they're all kind of sitting around. They're at a dinner thing. They're talking about, you know, where to sit and party manners and things like that. And this guy's like, Jesus, I, I, got, I, got, a, I got one for you, man. You know, blessed is the one who's going to eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. It's going to point him towards this great feast that will take place someday. What I love about it is the guy, you kind of get the feeling this was sort of like a high five moment. Like, hey, Jesus, you know who's really blessed? You know what's great? The one who's going to eat in the feast in the kingdom of God, right? Huh? Up here. Come on. You know? But you kind of get this picture from Jesus. He's like, so I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> like, I'm going to tell you a story about a certain guy. You know, because you know, when you say something like that, you want Jesus to go, yes, you're right. You nailed it. He says this sometimes. But this guy's like, you know, bless this one. He's like, Jesus replied with a story. And he says this. Certain man was preparing a great banquet. And he invited many guests. And now at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who'd been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I just bought a field, I got to go and see it, please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out, I'm sorry, please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Verse 21, the servant came back and he reported this to his master. And then the owner of the house became angry, and he ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. In verse 22, he says, look, 
I, I went, sir, I did it, what you ordered. It's been done, but there's still room. The master told his servant, well, then go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. I love this story because one of the things it's gonna, we're going to start with is, is, this is this is a story, if you're not familiar with the scriptures, this is a story that's here to kind of make a point and teach us something. It's going to teach us not just what life's about, but this one's going to point us towards a, a really big picture of what life is about. And the first thing that it's going to kind of point us toward that's helpful if you're wrestling through what faith is about and what the scriptures tell us is that this parable, Jesus is going to remind us of the what I'm going to call the primacy or the importance of the banquet. Uh, you know, this series called Party Theology, it's not just kind of like there's this idea that, oh, yeah, party, that's nice. Or maybe here's something fun to think about. No, no, no. Jesus is really clear that when he reaches often for a picture of what the culmination of all things is going to look like, he reaches for the picture of a banquet, of a celebration, of a party. And so when this guy says, blessed is the one who's going to eat at the feast of the kingdom of God, this was something that they as a people were always looking forward to. One day, God will be king, all things set right, and that is going to be pictured like there's going to be a great feast, a great party. And yes, blessed is the one. It's the right answer. You are blessed to be there. You get the invite and you find yourself there. There is no better place to be. But Jesus is going to begin to kind of unpack what does it really look like to get there and how do you actually get there. But what's really clear here is that the, the party, the celebration, the banquet is meant to be an orientating point for our life and faith. You know, one of the uh, phrases I love, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of the simple phrases he always used was, whatever you do, begin with the end in mind. What you're doing now, always keep in mind, where is this going? What's it pointing towards? And what our faith is pointing towards, the life that Jesus invites us to is pointing towards, is always towards a great banquet. It, it comes to us in Revelation. We'll look at it later in this series. It's called the Wedding Supper of the Lamb, and it's pictured as the coming together of God and his people, and it is going to be the greatest celebration of all celebrations. And everything will be made right. And people from all across the nations of the world will all come for the greatest feast of all time. And so what this means then is that Jesus wants us to orientate ourselves around, yeah, look, blessed is the one who's going to be there. That's where it's moving and pointing towards is a party. How about this? Our faith. You know, you might be new to faith or wonder, like, what is, you know, and you had an idea that, that to follow Jesus or, or Christianity or the Bible was all about a set of rules and regulations, and you're just supposed to kind of follow it all and do it. And where is it all heading? Hard to tell. No, our faith points to the party of all parties, to the banquet of all banquets, to joy and feasting and celebration. And the reason feasts and banquets and parties are all across the scriptures is because joy is part of the core of what God created us for. And in our lives, we should always be reminded that's what we're moving toward. And when we remember that there is this great banquet coming one day, guess what? If we can be reminded that one day there will be the ultimate celebration, and that's when all things get made right, we're told that's when every tear gets wiped from every eye. That's when all the greatest of what God has created comes to fruition. If we're reminded that that's where it's all going, then even though we live back here, 
It's almost like the joy of that kind of creeps into where we live now. And one of the things we learn about the, the, the party in the kingdom and, and the kingdom of God, pictured here as a celebration, is that one day we'll experience it in full, but we can have a taste of it right here, right now. And so even as we look at this parable, I want you to understand this. When Jesus talks about how do you get to be at the feast of the kingdom of God, there's two senses. One is, how are you there when it comes in fullness? But Jesus was always really clear, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. It's now. How do you step into it, not just then, but now? And this parable is about how do you do that? How do you step into it? And so then he tells them that there's going to be these two groups of people. He says there's this first group of people the invitation goes out to. We're going to call the first group of people the invited. Let me hear you say the invited. The first group of people, it says, you know, the guy, he's throwing a party, so he, he sends out all the invitations. And the invited are all the people who kind of make that first cut. They're the VIPs. They're the people who always get invited. They're always uh, going to be on the list. They're the, you know, and, and so they all get the invitation. They all, they all get the invite. And they all click on the first time they get the invite. They all click going. You know, they all respond going. You know, the parties in this group, it says that because this is the way parties work back then. You got an initial invitation and you said yes or no. And then a follow-up to say, hey, it's time now. It's ready. You know, and they couldn't just send a message like, hey, come now. They had to send a servant. And he goes and says, hey, it's ready. Come on. So this group of people, the invited, are everybody who make the first cut. And they get invited. But then when the time comes and the servant comes back, the reminder comes. All of a sudden, they're like, yeah, you know what? I actually can't really be bothered. The Greek word that gets translated from the excuse is literally, it means can't be bothered. It's what it says in the Greek dictionary. I'm just kidding. Nothing translates can't be bothered. That's just something we say and no one else around the world says. Anyway, I had a friend once, this is early on we moved here, and they would say CCB because they couldn't be bothered saying can't be bothered. Or C CBB. They would say, oh, CBB, can't be, like, you can't be bothered saying can't be bothered. Like, anyway. That's who these people were. And they say, also, that was funnier than you gave me credit for. I just want to be clear on that. So you get one more chance or the jokes are gone. So no, it's just, it had to be there. All right, fine, fine. All right. So these people, they go, you know what? Uh, sorry, I've got, I've, I've just bought a field. I need to go inspect it. Uh, you know, and, and, and the point of this parable is these are, these are almost ridiculous excuses. Like, who buys a field and didn't check it out? You know, oh, I just bought five oxen. I need to go, you know, I need to go, you know, see how, they're, see how they're going. You know, I just picked up five cars on Gumtree, but I haven't checked them out yet, you know, so I can't come to your party that I said I could come to. Sorry about that. I just got married. I just got married. You know how it is, married life. There's a lot happening, you know. Can't get out of the house, you know, just... You know, it's actually a picture here, you know, in the Old Testament, uh, they, they understood in their Jewish laws that to be married was to be excused from, you're supposed to just kind of stay home for a year. It was meant as an exception, especially for military service and things. But you see somebody just kind of going, no, it just, it's just like, no, I just got married. Like, as if they didn't know when the invitation originally came that they've already said yes to. Here's the point. These are all people. They're the kind of people who always get invited. They're the VIPs. They're on the guest list. They're the kind of people who got fields and oxen, and they're married. They're, their lives are going well. 
But then when it comes time to go to the banquet that's being thrown, they're like, yeah, no, I just don't really, got, got some other stuff going on. You know what's challenging for the invited is it's like they were so caught up in the good things they had. There's nothing wrong with buying fields, oxen, or getting married. Far from it. They're good things. But they were so caught up in their good things, they couldn't understand what was coming, what was meant by this invitation to a banquet. The good things were keeping them from the greater thing. Do you know, the thing about this parable, um, if you are someone who has, you know, been a part of, of church anywhere for any amount of time, if you are someone who has, you know, had the scriptures as a part of your life through any, you know, length of time in your life, if you're anyone who's here but that, that you've been a, a part of, you would say, following Jesus for some time, what we have to alert ourselves to right now, because this is me, is in this story, we are the invited. We are the invited. We're the people who always get the invite. We're the people who have opportunity after opportunity to know more about God and his kingdom. We always get the invite. But one of the most difficult kind of things to be reminded of is that sometimes we can get so preoccupied with certain things in our life that we just miss the invitation that is there for us. When I was about, it was about... 15, 16 years ago, my wife and I, we spent about a month in China. We were there teaching English. We'd taken a group of students from New York, and we were there teaching English. It was kind of a, you know, a, a mission-type uh, exercise. There for a month, and it was one of those, you know, you're just eating, you know, like Chinese food. And I mean, like authentic Chinese food, like not the kind you can get at a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> so it's a little, little different than what we were always used to. At that time, we lived also in New York, and so to me, Chinese food was General So's chicken. Does anybody know General So's chicken? You ever had that? Oh, boy. Here's my invitation to you. It's so delicious, and um, you can only, uh, uh, it doesn't make its way here because we're too close to China, so the food's a bit more real here, and um, but the kind of food that was there wasn't what I was used to or expecting, and, and but every day for, you know, three weeks we'd been there at this point was just, you know, eating it, some meals better than others, some, but, you know, we're kind of like, you, after a while when you're away from the food you're used to, you're like, man, I really want something that I'm used to, and we had this one day, the students were taking us out on a, on a Saturday, and they were like, hey, we want to take you guys out and kind of show you our world and all our favorite stuff. Uh, and so they take us into more kind of the city area. It was just a small village. This was like a university town, maybe like three, four million people. So it was like a country road in China, you know, it's just. <laughs> so they took us to more of the city type area. It was a bus or two away. And, uh, and we went to the arcades with them and they took us like karaokeing and, and we did, we had, you know, bubble tea and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and then it was getting near the end of the day, it was getting the afternoon and evening, and one of the boys, his name was Seven, that was what he chose as his English name. They all would, you know, choose an English name, like, for something fun, and so he chose Seven, because what a cool name, it's Seven, just great, and if you've got a child, I think that's a great idea, you call him Seven, and, um, and he says, his English wasn't that great, but he was like, you know, I want you to come to dinner tonight, my mom is going to make you dinner, my mom's going to make dinner for you. And it was kind of getting late in the day. Some of our team, you know, kind of from New York, were getting tired. And a lot of people were like, you know what? Actually, I'm, I'm out. I'm tapping out. I'm going to go home. I'm out of here. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be rude. And so we kept going, and we were seeing another place. And he's like, no, my mom's making dinner. And then someone told me in the area of town we were in, there's a KFC. 
And I was like, whoa, there's a KFC here? How did I not know this? This is, it's been like three weeks. Like, I want KFC. This just sounds great. And I'm like picturing he's inviting me to dinner that his mom is making. And I'm picturing us in this tiny little cramped, you know, like just super small communist block apartment that we're going to be in. Thinking like, okay, I can do that. Or I could have KFC. And I'm like, seven. Man, your mom is so kind to do that, but I could not intrude. And I just want you to let her know we're okay. We're going to be all right. We're going to go all sort us out. We're going to leave, and you'll go that way. We'll go this way, and uh, we'll be fine. You know, don't worry about us. No, my mom is making you dinner. It's like the only thing you could say. Okay. And I finally I was like, all right. And I tell the guys, look, it's out. KFC's done. We're just going. Whatever happens, it happens. And we, 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 we start walking. We're following to where his mom is cooking his dinner. We round these gates, and there's guards there. And we start walking further, and he takes us to this place. And all of a sudden, after all our walking and all of, like, this long day, we suddenly, like, realize we've come into, like, a private botanic gardens. Come to find out his mom is, like, one of the most powerful, like, people in the entire city. She's, like, this high-profile lawyer or something like that. His dad was, like, chief of police. And this is, like, a private banquet hall that they now set up for us. We ate on the top level, and all those windows opened up. And there was just a table just for us. I got a photo of that. And we end up at this banquet. That is unlike any, his mom didn't cook it. His mom wasn't making anything. We were served by chefs, never even met his mom. And, uh, and, and we just feast on this banquet. In fact, there's seven with his arm wrapped around. He's the one in the, the tank top. And we are just eating. And so here's some of our friends we have brought with us. Most of the team is gone at this point. Everybody's left and gone home. And I walked into this room and thought, I almost chose KFC over this, over a once in a lifetime. When other people in the town heard that we had eaten in this place, like you can't even go to visit this place. And we had a private catered banquet just for us. And what it always reminds, and, and just that thought, I almost, I almost chose KFC over this. Nothing wrong with KFC. Okay. <laughs> A lot of things wrong with KFC. <laughs> but we so often have no idea the invitation God has for us. You know what this parable is about? It's like you don't understand the invitation. You think your fields are so great. You think your oxen are so great. You think just being married is so great. Those are all good. But what God actually has for our lives is, is KFC, and it's a banquet. And, and when we actually understand that this is what God's, can I just tell you something? If you take nothing else today, just know this and be reminded of it. God invites us to something far greater. The best picture he can give us is that it's like the greatest party you've ever been to. But the greatest food you've ever been to. And the food is laid out and it's you circle and turn and it's delicious. And it's so often. We are tempted to completely just blow it off. Nah, I know I said I'm coming, but to be honest, I got a few things going on. We're invited to it. You know what's amazing is that the, the power of this parable is in 
How do you get to be? Because here's what it says. Everybody who got invited, all the invited's in this parable, he says, they will never taste my banquet. Why will they never taste it? Because they're so preoccupied that they're just running, running late. Is that why? Is that no? <laughs> I thought I heard running late. I'm like, yeah, they were late. <laughs> Don't be late. Don't miss it. So preoccupied. So how do we make sure, especially if perhaps we have a, a station in life where we'd be predisposed to be more like the invited, how do we ensure that we are not the invited in this story? Because it's not like, well, this is who you are. You're this or you're this. It's, it's how do you respond? How do we be the uninvited? That's the second group. Let me say the uninvited. The uninvited in this story, this is, you know, if the other guys, like the VIPs, we always get it. You know who the uninvited are? They're the who, me? Like, I'm invited? I, I'm sorry? Do you, have that, do you have the address wrong? Do you have the date wrong? Do you have the party wrong? Like, that's who the uninvited are. They didn't make the first cut. He says, go out, the poor, the, the lame, the crippled. These were pictures in their society of those who were on the outside looking in. They didn't have the fields and the ox and the relationships. They didn't have it all going on. They were the ones who didn't get the invite. And in this story, they are the ones who get to experience it. Why? Because the invitation goes to them. They're invited and they choose to say, yes, I will go. In fact, he, he says, he goes, go get them, bring them in. Yep, we brought them. There's still room. And the banquet you know, master, the, the person throwing the banquet, they're like, I've got a big house. I'm a generous guy. I'm going to have a party. I'm going to have a banquet. And it's going to be full. So keep going. And keep finding. Go out in the country, the country roads and the laneways. Go out to all the places where people never get the invite. And you compel them to come in. Do you know why it says compel them? Because they would have been so certain that this is not for them. These are the people who would have gone, now you must have it wrong. They're the people who get the invite. What, what are you asking me to go to this for? I never get invited to the banquet. Are you sure you got, are you sure you're messing? No, I'm telling you, the master said he wants you there. And they are the ones who then get to go and taste of the banquet. They're the ones who get to experience it. Can I tell you something? I think the, the power of this story, the point of it is how do we make sure we're not the invited? How do we make sure we are the uninvited? That we're like that group. And you know what separates that group? Is that for them, to be invited was not a burden. It was not a getting in the way of everything else I kind of got going on. The invitation was met with a, humble, a humbleness, gratitude. It's why they need compelled. Because they're, they're not used to this. Do you know what's the gateway into the party? The gateway to experiencing the kingdom of God. Then, and letting that creep into how we experience it now, is to be people who are humble and grateful. Who actually, when, when God sends an invitation, it's something that we, oh, who me, thank you. And with humility and gratitude, we respond. You know, the, uh, a couple weeks back, just before we went on a trip, our car had, um, had, had died, and I, I, I got it to our garage, and so it died there, and I knew when we get back, can deal with this, get it towed. It was an alternator, and so we kind of worked that out. So we get back, call, uh, the tow truck comes, 
And I, I go down there, and the guy's walking back, walks into my garage, and he's kind of looking at me, and he goes, and he's looking at me funny, and I'm like, oh, yeah, best dancer, 1996, is that, <laughs> is that what you're wondering? And he's like, yes, no, just kidding. And he's kind of looking at me, he goes, are you, from, are you from True North? I'm like, well, that really depends why you're asking that question, <laughs> so you want to unpack that, and then I'll tell you if I'm from True North or not. And uh, he's like, you from True North? I was like, uh, yeah, 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 I am. Why? Why do you ask? And, uh, and he said, oh, like the carols. Do you do the carols? I'm like, yes, that's, that's me. I'm like, oh, were you at Heathridge or Mary? He's like, oh, is it the one in, in Merrow at the block? He's like, man. Now, I won't get all his words exactly, but he goes, I can't, he goes, I can't believe it's you. I'm like, I, I know, I think, would you share this response with my church. I just, because <laughs> I get up to preach, and they're like, I can't believe it's you. I just, I just, but he's, but he's like, he's like, I can't, I can't believe it's you. He goes, I was there last year, and he goes, do you know that message you did on that video? He goes, I think about it all the time. He goes, I can't tell you how many times I've thought about it this year. He goes, just a few weeks ago, I was thinking to myself, I wish I could talk to that guy. I wish I could get his number. I wish I could find him. I got to figure out how could I do that because there's some stuff going on in my life. And I just thought, I don't know. I think maybe he would be good to talk to. And I'm talking with this guy. And he starts telling me some of what I said in the video. And I'm like, I don't even remember saying that. But that's good. (laughs) That's great. Yes. You know why it's a bit like that? Because my challenge is, like, I've heard 100. I've given 100 messages about God's love in the last, since then. And I've listened and I've read. And, and so for me, it's like it can all, I'm the invited. I'm just so used to this stuff. But for him, it was like this was a drop of water in the desert. And so he's thinking about it all the time. He goes, last week, I heard on the radio that it's 100 and whatever days till Christmas. And the only thing I thought to myself was that means about 100 and some days till carols. This is his experience. He's talking about how incredible it was. The energy. Is it like that? Like, what's it like? Because he goes, that night it was so amazing. And I have my son with me. He's 17. He plays footy. And, 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 and he goes, and, and, and that's, you know, and, and, we were, and I said to my son, you know, hey, maybe we should go to that. Would you want to go to that church? And he goes, my son looked at me and goes, shit, yeah. This is how the uninvited respond to an invitation. Come on. And and here's the thing that just, for myself, I'm like, man, when's the last time I got that fired up? When's the last time, you know, and how do I stay where, you know, we can all, if we're the invited, man, I'm the invited. I was invited, invited, invited. How, How do I not become the invited? How do I stay the uninvited? Like, man, I'm just so grateful. You know, for, for these guys, it was just like, this wasn't, and, and I told them, like, you got to understand this. You got to understand this. You wanted to talk to me, like, you understand this. God arranged this. Here's my phone number. Like, this is, we're here now. And you need to understand something. You are invited. Like, God is at work in your life. And there's no reason to wait. And he's like, but I'm like, no, come. Yes, it is like that. This is who we are. This is it's not an act. This is what the people are like. What you experienced that night, this is who we are, and this is what life can be like. And you got to come. You are welcome. Don't wait another day. 
You know, this story just reminds me so much. This parable tells you, you want to experience the goodness of the kingdom, to be the people who are going to be there then, and to be the people who can experience it now. It is all about how do we be those people who respond to the invitation and who respond not with a, ah, I got a lot going on, a lot happening. Jesus says, no, it's those who, and it's not to, to say we need to, to never, you know, the, the picture of this is not, well, then if you weren't born crippled, blind, lame, then you aren't invited, not far from it. What it's saying is it's the heart of a person who knows, who knows I need this. I don't have it all. I want to respond with humility and gratitude and experience this feast. How do we stay the uninvited? How do we keep our hearts soft? How do we, how do we not get so overdone with being invited so many times that we just, it all becomes another thing? You know, the last person we're going to look at in this story, because this is who I think we're called to be as well, is the servant. And can I tell you something? This is that servant in this story has one job. Because once we know Christ, guess what? This is who we are now. We're the servant. And our job is to go out and to bring people in. Our job is to compel them. Our job is to say, and how do I look with eyes that, you know what? Instead of, like, looking for the usual suspects or the VIPs or they seem like they've got it all together or, you know what, they'd be okay to invite because hopefully they wouldn't use a bad word in church like the preacher did who was quoting, just so you know. <laughs> but here's the point. It, it, we should have some uninvited people around who don't know all the lingo, who don't know what you say and don't say. We're called to be servants who compel people. This is for you. The most unlikely people you can find and see. Can we look with fresh eyes going, this is for you. You are invited. You never get invited anywhere. Guess what? You're invited here. You're invited to, to his banquet. You're invited to his table. He's, he wants you to know you are invited. You know, I think one of the great prayers we can pray is, God, would you give me eyes to see the uninvited all around me? Help me to see who's never getting the invite, who probably would think, no, that's not for me. I wouldn't fit in. I wouldn't be there. But the only way we can be people who are genuinely, genuinely able to invite people to this banquet is to be people who are living at this banquet. You know, if, if we are responding to Christ, then guess what? We have a hope of this future banquet. And we know that's where everything's going. And no matter, here's where I'm living, here's where I'm going, and no matter what's happening between here and there, I know this is what is most true. And guess what? That's bringing me joy while I walk from here to there. That's gonna, that joy of that banquet, that table, that's pouring into my life. My gratitude, my humility, it's doing something. I'm starting to taste the banquet right here, right now. And the more we live that, then the more we're able to compel people to come in. Because to be honest, if we're not living with the joy that's now bleeding into present reality, who wants to come to the party you're throwing? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, it's like, imagine you're just like, hey, you should come and I hope you get to know the love of God because it'll be good. It'll transform your life. Like I'm, I'm not going that great, but it'll be good for you. You know, no, we should be transformed by it. And that's when you're like, no, no, no. Where's that joy come from? I mean, this guy was like, I'll tell you one last story. And this is, I hope this encourages you to, you know, if we are the uninvited and we want to be the servant who goes out, what if this week you just prayed, God, who, who could I invite? Who needs to hear about your love? Who, who could I speak to? You know, I, a few weeks ago, God was really speaking to me through this passage. And I was I'm praying this. God, would you help me to see the uninvited all around me? was pulling out of my petrol station near my house. I saw a guy sitting on the ground behind a, you know, kind of the dumpster area. And he's sitting there, his hands, his head's in his hands. You can tell this is a guy who's clearly in a rough, rough spot. He's got a blanket next to him. And so I just stopped, just started walking over to him, just like, you know what? I don't, you know, God help me know how I could, you know, just bring some love into his life in this moment. I start walking towards him. He stands up and he kind of stands up and I'm walking towards him and he goes, and I'm starting to get close, and I don't know if, like, he's getting defensive or what's going to happen, but all of a sudden he goes, whoa, your aura, you must be a really good person. <laughs> and he's looking at me, and I'm like, yeah, um, you know, my wife, you know, thinks so. I hope you do. But I, I didn't say that. But I just was like, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm all right. You know, I'm not, not you know, I just want to come say, hey, see how you're going. And he's, like, far out. And he starts, I'm like, how you, how you doing? Looks like you, you know, maybe seen, seen some better days. Start chatting with him and just getting to hear a little bit of his story, what's going on in his life, how things have happened, what, how, how he's kind of got where he is. And, and, and in the course of that story and the different things that had gone on in his life, was just able to say, man, you just got to understand this. You know, there's a God and he loves you. And actually, if you'll turn towards him, you know, he's got good things for your life. And he was like, and at some point, you know, he kind of, you know, ask me, you know, are you, you know, what, what are you, you and who are you or something? And I somehow kind of told him, oh, I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm at True North. And, and he was like, oh, man, I love that place. Actually, I've been given, he's been given food and different things from our church before and experienced the love of God through this place already, even before I stepped into that moment. And I was able to share with him. And he's like, man, I know. I just know. I feel like I keep getting these messengers that come and they're telling me, God, I need to go your way. I need to go your way. I'm like, well, you just got to know. That's what he's saying. Like person after person, I'm here. You're here. Like this is, he wants you to follow Christ. There's light. And if you walk in it. And we got to, you know, share an embrace and hugged him. And as I'm hugging him, he literally starts going, whoa, can you feel that? He goes, like, is your heart, like, can you feel that? Can you feel what's going on? I couldn't feel anything. But I told him, I'm like, look, mate, that's, that's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God wanting you to know you're loved. He's there. Turn to him. Can I tell you something, what I'm just convinced of? And I, I don't tell you that story because I get it all right every time. Believe me, I don't. But we are called to be people. We are called, it's like, man, God's got a banquet. He's got a feast. And he's like, and I want you to live it now. And I want you to experience it now. And I want you to compel people. And don't go looking for all the people who seems like they got it all together. Look for those who are always getting, they never get the invite. Find them. Compel them. 
they're invited. This is for them. I want to encourage you. Let's, let's be those people. You know, can I encourage you this morning? We're about to, you know what I love? We're about to take communion. And th- you know what this is? This is a meal that reminds us. It reminds us of the feast that's coming one day. It reminds us that's where it's all moving. And it brings, and it reminds us of the past, and it reminds us of what Jesus has done and what we sung about, and that actually death, it, where is your sting? Actually, the greatest of all enemies has been defeated. And that we now... It reminds us what happened in the past, what will happen in the future, and that right now, because of the past and the future, we can live right in the midst of the kingdom of God. And we can let that joy bleed in today in the midst of where we are. And when we take this meal, we both put our hope and faith in what Jesus has done, and we also put our hope and faith in what he's going to do. And we say right here, right now, that's what gives me strength, his bread. His blood, his cup, it goes into me. And when that comes into us, the joy of the kingdom comes into our lives. And when we now live as carriers of that kingdom, and if we could just say, God, would you help me to see? I think it's his invitation to us today. Would you be people who will look for the uninvited? Compel them to come in. God's going, I want my house to be full. There's a party. Bring them in. But we got to live it first. Would you stand up? I want to pray for us. And then we're going to sing together as we take this meal, as we're reminded of what he has done, as we're reminded of what he's going to do. We're going to eat this meal. And it all comes together, the past and the future, into this one moment in the present, saying, Jesus, yes, my faith, my hope is in you and what you've done and what you're going to do. And let the joy in. Can I encourage you, like the, the feast, just know this as well. Like the table, communion, the Eucharist, the Thanksgiving supper, it's not meant to be somber. It's a celebration of what he's done. It's a table of joy to let it come into your life. It's a table where we feast on him and who he is. Doesn't mean we ever get flippant, but boy, we allow that joy to break in in this moment. Because we realize, I'm the uninvited. I'm the broken. I'm the one who needed it most. Thank you for what you've done for me. I encourage you today, soften your heart, bring gratitude, bring humility, and invite the joy of the kingdom into your life. I want to pray for us, and then you're free to come take it as we sing together. Our Heavenly Father, may we never grow May we never, may we never, Lord, become overly familiar with your goodness and your grace. May we never take you for granted. May our hearts never grow hard. Lord, as we come to your table today, may we be reminded we are only here because you invited us. May we respond to that invitation. Lord, I pray for every person who will eat and drink from your table today. That by the power of your Holy Spirit in this moment, 
allow the kingdom to break in, to break into hearts, to break into lives. That, Lord, there would be joy that flows in. The joy of that future banquet would become a present reality. Only possible through the work of your spirit among us. So we ask that you would do what only you can do as we humble ourselves before you. In your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come to his table.